What's up? Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome in. My name's Adam Hogue. Nicholas Moriano here today and Olin Krutz. Got the hoodies on, ready to go. You decided to wear black again today? You have an, are you okay? Though. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm fine. Just, I'm just representing, you know. But hey, we it's all been, it's been gloomy. Representing Chicago, Spider-Man? You know? Yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. we're officially see? the part of spring where we won't see the sun for like another month. Stupid smarch weather. Yep. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Stupid smarch weather. Smarch? Simpsons oh. reference from about 20 oh. years ago. Sorry. Oh, Must okay. have been... Most of my references are 20 years old, sorry. I was going to say, is that the same year, that random fullback you guys were talking about? Brad yesterday? Muster. Shout Brad out to Mu- Stanford's Brad Muster. That is not a random fullback. <laughs> I, know, I know. You guys yeah. are Olin. random media guys. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Brad Muster is not. What is your football background? You played ball in high school? I did not because St. Ignatius No, 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 no. no. Did not the have the a answer is just no. It's no. The answer is no. No. So did you play uh, Little League ball? No. So no football at all? No. Oh, you talk a lot for a guy who doesn't ever play football. Right? Man, <laughs> I know. You're not supposed to tell everybody. You always tell that a guy. Way. Who never played, man. They got heavy opinions. I always thought that to be a good coach, you almost couldn't play like a high-level football because, like, if you play in a high-level football, when a guy gets beat, you kind of like, ah, I can see that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can see, like, I'll say to center, be like, I, this guy beat me, and I'll be like, that happens. You know what I mean? Like, they get paid too. Like, you, you hear, you've heard football players say that before, mm-hmm. right? They get paid too. So, like, as a coach, you almost got to have these unrealistic expectations of the players, right? Like, demand perfection, and you got to make that block, and no matter if it's Aaron Donald or not, like, you got to get in there and block him. Whereas if I was on the field and somebody got beat by Aaron Donald, I'd be like, well, that is, that is Aaron Donald, right? Yeah, so I always thought that. Like, I think, I think maybe sometimes that's why it's hard for guys who played a lot of football to be coaches, and on the other hand, it's it's hard it's kind of hard sometimes to be media and always critique them because you know like how hard like talking about Nagy and and it's, it was like you're trying to be as honest as possible, mm-hmm. but you know how hard they work. Like it's not like you guys see Coach Nagy them. It's not like they're not working. Right, no, they're no, just yeah. good at it. No, and that's you know why. I mean? But that's also why I think it's important that you know that we're around the building a lot and mm. get a feel for who is working and who might not be working because. Right. The more you talk to these guys behind the scenes, you start to get a better idea for that. But no, hey. Anyway, summary of my point is, I, I think a lot of times the guys can be really good who who haven't played the game. Yeah, and Enrique does point out, Ignatius has a football team now. Go Wolfpack. They're actually good now, too. They were like <laughs> well, a no, one seed uh, in the Loyola plays Ignatius down yeah. there, and it's, it's a great place on a Friday night to watch yeah. a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, got a, they got a good stadium there, so it, it's a fun place. It's in the city, right? Yeah, yeah. Ignatius. Okay, yeah, it's I'm not right, too yeah. far from where we so are right is now. Is that the one where you walk to the field and the church is right there on the left? Yeah. It's an awesome place to play yeah. football. People yeah, say the sure. school looks like Hogwarts, the Harry Potter oh, reference. Yes. Yeah, nice. yeah exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, a, it's a crazy school. and uh, But, yeah, so when I was mighty there. Wolfpack. It shows you I'm not that young. When I was there, we did not have a football team. Now they're pretty good, which I'm excited about. Um, but, no, it's a fair point, Olin, because, like, there's, there's pluses and minuses to me not having, not having played. Well, it's like, a, like you, you don't have any bias. Does that make sense? Like yeah. you, have, you just look at the game, and you say what you see, and you obviously put in a ton of work. Everybody knows that. And you study the game, and you just give your opinion on it. But that's part of what I was going to say is, like, it forces me to actually have to study, like, that much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, because I don't, 
there's a there's a lot of stuff I just don't know, and that's why I ask you questions, you know, about things I know. I don't know. <laughs> you know a lot more than me. Uh, but yeah, would it have helped if I played even at the high school level? Yeah, probably would have. But hey, would you have played if they had a team? Yes, I think I would have. Would have. Now I was really small when I got to high school, though. Like same. I didn't shoot <laughs> up until almost my senior year. How tall really? are you now? I'm six three now. We gotta measure that. I, I, a lot of guys think they're six three or like six one. No, I I will I just I have, will bet you're not six three. Okay, well you're calling my doctor a liar because I had a physical <laughs> like two going, months I've ago. I've noticed doctors to lie before. <laughs> <laughs> now are we doing like the, the show at the combine now. I don't know if they still do this, but you have to stand on your heels. Yeah, like you have to pick your feet up against the wall. Yeah, my heels were down, but your feet have to come up. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I see what you're saying. The yeah. front. the fr- yeah. yeah, okay. Now, I don't know if they still do that, but they did yeah. that at the Combine. Well, I, I did not have my physical done at the Combine, so I don't know what the rules were. But uh, They said to me, so Benji Olsen, I don't know if you guys know the name, but Benji Olsen was my teammate at University of Washington, and he was a very good guard, and he was at the Combine with me. And they measured me, and they're like, 6-0. And I was like, oh, man. Like, I didn't even make 6-1. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, yeah. 6 I think I measured 6-2 and a quarter or two or three quarters, and he screams out in the room. He's like, there's no way in hell he's 6'2". I was like, Benji, <laughs> I'm trying to make money here, man. Yeah, come on. 6'0". <laughs> when they said 6'0", I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I never stood on my heels before, right? Like you're standing mm-hmm. on your heels in shorts and no shirt, and you're, they're like, and the whole room has people in front of you. 6'0", I was like, oh, man. <laughs> That's... uh. It still worked out for you. Mm-hmm. You set the standard. You're like the well, the Russell Wilson it, it of did. centers. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think Hilgenberg beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast. Got a lot of good stuff planned for you today. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at chgo underscore sports and underscore bears. Uh, also personally at Adam Hogue, at Nicholas Moriano, at Olin underscore Crutes. Um, not selling PS5s. Nope. Not, not this time. Not nope. this time. Are you back up and running? I'm back up and running. Okay, yes. good. I mean, th- we missed you. It was, yeah. <laughs> Twitter was a lonely <laughs> place without you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I haven't gotten like an aggressive gift sent at me in like two weeks. Like, what's wrong here? Um, I got, I got uh, your partner... Uh, uh, sometimes on the, your guys' podcast, Fishbane, the other day, yeah. he put out something. And I sent him the Jon Snow tweet. With the, oh, the sword? With facing yeah, the yeah. army. Uh, I forgot what he was tweeting. Oh, something telling everybody to relax about the Dakota Dozier signing. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is you versus the Twitter mob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Tell the Twitter mob man. to relax. You'll be in trouble, Nicholas, oh, yeah. I'll tell you. People oh, yeah. were upset about that signing yesterday. Were they really? Oh, oh man. yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to another O-lineman. It looks like the Bears are at least trying to get. Um, first, though, we do want to give a, a shout-out to our guy Will's uh, family, uh, Will DeWitt, who's obviously part of the show here, and we love him. And unfortunately, we're going through a tough week because, as you see there on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, his sister-in-law Haley was involved in uh, really sounds like an awful car accident and, um, you know, fortunate to be alive and going through some surgeries um so if there's anything you can do any of our great loyal listeners out there if you can support in any way we appreciate it uh the gofundme link is there on the screen uh we'll put it we'll drop it in the comments i I just dropped it on the youtube right now uh it's in there so you can just grab that link and uh 
go to it. Yeah, so if you're watching on YouTube, you can get the link there in the comments. And if you're listening later on the podcast, uh, find us on Twitter. Uh, you can go to Will's page at Will DeWitt with the uh, L's being ones, or I I just put it out. Olin put it out. I know it's on Nick. So any of really any of our Twitter accounts, mm-hmm. you can find that link. And uh, we appreciate any help you can give to Will's family uh, in what's tragedy, but also sounds uh, you know a miracle that she's alive. So we're obviously happy about that. Um, yep. All right. Let's talk about some of this offensive lineman stuff. Uh, it's it's good that Olin's here today. I want to start with what I think is the bigger name, but I've also I've never seen so much excitement about a guy who's only started four games right. in the NFL. But uh, Ryan Bates, uh, according to our guy Brad Biggs, the Bears intend to put an offer sheet out there. He's a restricted free agent, which means that the Buffalo Bills, where he's coming from, can match the offer and keep him. Mm-hmm. Now, they've thrown a lot some money out there, Von Miller contract, things like that, so we don't necessarily know what they're going to do, but... Olin, from what you've seen from Ryan Bates, mm. what do you see in him for a guy who would, similar to um, Lucas Patrick, but with even less starting experience, would be coming as a backup and you're plugging him in to essentially be a starter here in Chicago? Yeah, he, he played, I know, one game early in the year when their right guard, guard got hurt and then he finished the last three. Is that right? Yeah. And just watching the little I've watched of him, and I think he's a Penn State product. I think he played left tackle at Penn State. Um just like we talked about the last podcast, right? When when you look at these Chicago Bear free agent signings, it's like that Spider-Man gif where they're all pointing at each other, right? <laughs> so um, he's not he, – he gives you competition, right? He's a guy I think he could fill in, say, if you did get a Teron Armstead and put him next to Teron Armstead. But as, as far as a guy who helps you take the next step on your offensive line, uh, dominate a game – a guy you're going to run behind on third and one, a guy you'll leave one-on-one in pass protection against some of the best pass rushers on the inside in the league, I wouldn't say he's that guy, right? But um, they're getting a lot of these developmental pieces, and they do need to put infused competition into this offensive line. Like you guys said, they signed Dakota Dozier. Uh, They talked about early in the years uh, at the combine, I think it was, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Adam Nicholas, but Ryan Poe said we got to get – smaller and quicker, mm-hmm. right? And these are kind of tall, lean guys, right? Dakota Dozier is a lean guy. I think uh, Bates weighs him. I think he's, he's listed at like 305. He, mm-hmm. When you look at him on film, yep. he looks like 6'4", 605, long and lean. So it looks like they're getting long and lean at guard. Now, uh, is he better than James Daniels? No. He's not better than James Daniels, right? And they got Cody White here there. Uh, so they're just – we're waiting for that big signing, the guy who's going to change their culture, change their offensive line room, uh, change – the path this offensive line has been on since uh, Ryan Pace actually announced that the O-line was a problem in 2019, and we have not seen that kind of signing as of yet. Right? They let Teron Armstead, I'm sure you guys talked about it, but um, he got $15 million. Uh, Man, that, like, that's, I mean, Trent Williams uh, at 33 makes 23. Bakhtiari at 30 makes 23. Uh, like, Armstead, you know who makes $15 million a year? Taylor Decker. Hmm. Right? Uh, Colton Miller... The left tackle for the Raiders makes $18 million a year. Jake Matthews for the Falcons makes $18 million a year. So, um, obviously, you get a guy who has that injury history, you'll get a deal on him. The one thing I didn't know, I don't know if, I, I'm sure you guys did, but you know Toronto Armstead is from Illinois? I actually did not know yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know that he's from uh, – I, I was wondering, I'd heard from people that it was between Chicago and he wanted to Chicago or Miami. 
Mm-hmm. I'd heard that from people who knew him. And I was wondering what was his tie to Chicago, but uh, Cahokia. Oh, Did yeah, I say that right? That. Cahokia, Cahokia, Illinois. Cahokia, Illinois. And I, I guess he's just been a community center down there. So he is... Local this is time. his home yeah. team, right? So it makes sense. Anyway, uh, he is now for the Dolphins. So oh, that's down by St. Louis. I yeah. see. But yeah, he, okay. he now plays for the Dolphins. So that's you know, but but it's not you know it's Ryan Bates, it's uh, um, Lucas Patrick, right? It's Dakota Dozier. Um, are they huge upgrades from the guys we had last year? No. So you're almost hoping they fit well into the scheme. Right, they're, they're scheme guys for this outside zone scheme, which, to be honest with you, when I watched Lucas Patrick's film, uh, outside zone is not his strength. Right? He's not going to get his head across of a nose guard and give you that length. But it's interesting because that's not Montgomery's strength either as a running back. So you see him go get a couple Titans guys, right? And the Titans, uh, they run the outside zone to death. Right? Uh, I think their offense, offensive line coach is Kevin Carter who actually was the assistant offensive line coach under Morgan in Atlanta. Mm. So they go get guys who have run this scheme. So And you're talking about uh, one of the backup running backs they signed, uh, Deronton Evans. Yeah. And then the fullback. Yeah. And then the fullback. Yeah, so. uh, blazing game the other day, they signed the fullback. Mm. That is interesting to pair the fullback with running back. Mm. But, I mean, come on, still, David Montgomery is better than those guys. No, I, I would yeah. not argue with you, but this scheme <laughs> yeah. has – Showed you many a times that they take guy unknown guys. Who was the guy who was a bear who went to San Francisco and had a huge year? Oh, Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert, yeah. right? So they take guys, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they don't. They don't. This scheme doesn't think they need to pay their running backs. They don't think mm-hmm. they need a first round running back. They just they think they can take guys. They, they find certain characteristics on film, and they plug that running back in. To their scheme now, and I'm on board with that. I'm I definitely fall in the category of of guys that's like, all right, don't spend your whole salary cap pie on a running back. But at what point does it get concerning if, like, y- you brought this OC over from Green Bay mm-hmm. who knows Lucas Patrick well, and yet he's trying to plug him into a scheme that maybe right. is not. I I just it. I'm starting to point. I'm starting to just get some concerns about um you know forcing a scheme on players again which yeah well fans and, and just through. when you I have to, I would have to watch more Packers film but when I watched when when they, Josh Myers got hurt their starting center and they brought Lucas Patrick in they actually went to more gap scheme where he was blocking back on the nose a little more dual. Dual is just a downhill gap run. So when you watch them play with Lucas Patrick at center, remember last year, I think they played the Bears up there. Akeem Hicks missed the game. And in the second half, they came out and they ran power at them. Mm-hmm. Remember that? They ran yeah, power all the way down the field. Yeah. So that was successful. And remember now, um, the Bears had problems. Like, well, they've had problems scoring on offense. <laughs> But their run game wasn't their problem, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Their problem was their pass game, I think, was 30th in the league and was scoring points. So they were actually better at running the ball than the Packers were, right? The Bears were, which is weird with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and, um, you know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. you think you would get a light box and you'd be able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. The Packers weren't very good at running the ball last year with Lucas Patrick at center. So it, it'll be interesting to see, like – where what where what he provides to that offensive line, what Dakota Dozier provides, what does Ryan pose? And I know Adam was talking about earlier that he's heading down to that um, owners meeting. 
what he sees in these guys because they are developmental guys. They have not dominated in the NFL. Uh, they have not been looked at by their teams. Uh, Dakota Dozier did start uh, one year, but um, they drafted a guy the next year, I think Ezra Cleveland, mm-hmm. yeah. and they replaced him, right? So uh, the teams that they've been on, the guys haven't considered them starters, Nicholas. So I don't know. Well, Olin, too, we were mentioning, you know, just off off camera here, like these guys were also playing with elite level quarterbacks in, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Lucas Patrick, and then obviously um, Josh Allen. Allen. And how do those guys kind of translate now that they're coming here with Chicago and Justin Fields just being in year two? So that's something that you have to wait and kind of see how they're going to project there because we were just watching a little bit of tape over there, Olin, and maybe some of those plays don't get made with a second-year quarterback. Yeah, it's it's a great point, Nicholas, because, look, um, and I'd be interested to hear their response to the fact of, okay, how do you project an offensive lineman from a Hall of Fame quarterback into your scheme, right? How does he – when Aaron Rodgers is getting the ball out in under three seconds, how do you know he can pass block for yeah. Justin Fields? It takes a little, little more time. He should. He's the more dynamic athlete. He takes a little more time in the pocket than Aaron Rodgers does, right? So, you know, it's just – they're, they are getting – we wondered earlier, um, was, was Ryan Pose just talking when he said they wanted to get uh, quicker, have guys lose some weight. We run this outside zone scheme. But even Dakota Dozier, um, Dennison, the Vikings offensive line coach, brought him over from the Jets because he was at the Jets, and that's a, he's an outside he's – he's Gary Kubiak's offensive line coach. Everywhere he's gone, he's installed the outside zone. Interestingly enough, though, if you watched the Chicago Bears last year, they ran a ton of outside zone. That's really what Coach Nagy brought Juan Castillo here was to run mm-hmm. more outside zone. Right, So they, they have on film running outside zone. Actually, when Khalil Herbert came in, running it really well. Oh, yeah. Running it really well. And Montgomery, too, ran, ran the ball. We keep saying, especially when they had Justin Fields at quarterback, uh, they were a good running football yeah. team. They were hard to stop in a lot of games. When you watch them, I think for a good part of the year, I think they were a top 10 running team in the NFL. I could be wrong, but I thought I remembered them actually being a top 10 for a while when Fields was a starter because obviously he's giving you a lot of yards with his legs. But um, it'll be interesting to see, to compare and contrast these guys once they get them all on the field, once Adam keeps, like people keep saying that this scheme just the coaching staff is going to make the offense better. We're hoping. Well, but here's what I hope. And, and actually, let's bring in the super chat because it kind of has to, to do with what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Dupes. Uh, fun fullback fact. We've been talking a lot about fullbacks here all of a sudden. Uh, Green Bay's fullbacks usage was the lowest in the league last year at zero snaps. Um, but the first move, one of the first moves, we should say, Bears made for Getzey was getting a fullback. So... And that's what I was going to say. I mean, the NFC North has some fullbacks, but I didn't remember one being on the Packers, so that checks out. Um, checks box. And, but what I think's happening here is it the Bears aren't, and this is probably a good thing, the Bears aren't just trying to run with the Packers were running because that's where Getsy came from. They don't have Aaron Rodgers. Like, they better not be trying to do that. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like more, and I think if you actually dig into Getsy, the the – the influence you should probably pay more attention to is Joe Moorhead mm-hmm. in the time uh, that he was down with him in Mississippi State. Yep. And uh, did we ever figure out did he 
but that year, did he call plays or did Moorhead call plays? Did we I, ever figure that out? I still need to get. If, yeah, I don't know. That I've idea. heard it both ways. Yeah, me too. And I haven't gotten the official. And it's okay if you go both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2022. Why not? Yeah. No. I'm, I, everything's okay. I mean, bro. I was expecting like a noise. That, like, <laughs> Sorry about that, Adam. No, it's all good. You got to be on your toes when, when Olin's here. Um, but I think what's happening here is they are they are pulling influences, and hopefully, what it results in is them being flexible to whatever works. For their players. Right. Yeah, so well so yeah. they're giving they're giving a couple options here. Let's get a fullback into camp. Maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe, maybe after the preseason and after they install everything in training camp, they have a better idea what's working, what their offense will really be. They go, oh, let's keep the fullback. Or, you know what, it's, we don't need them. We'll cut them. We'll move on without a fullback. Um, I, th- I think that's what's happening here. I hope that's what's happening here. I'm still just overall worried about the talent level that's there because as we've talked so many times on the show, including with you, Olin, just one lockdown <laughs> tackle could make such a big difference on the rest of the offensive line. And right now it looks like they're reaching to develop each spot again because yeah. the other thing we got to talk about here is, and I think this is a comment from AJ, does this mean that, Jenkins and Borum are on the outside. I mean, as of right now, like it looks it. it sure looks like it. Yeah, I mean, you could almost see them calling Peters again, right? <laughs> calling him, bringing him back. Yeah. Because, the fishing I mean, he did a nice job for you last year. Yeah. Did a lot better job than most people thought. And you got to believe when Poe's turned the film on and Ian Cunningham, his assistant general manager, when they turned the film on with Chris Morgan and watch what Peters did, you got to believe they liked some of it. Right, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. played pretty damn good football. So uh, we are at the point, and, and Adam makes a great point, man, because, again, we talked about, like, okay, now we're at the point of they're not going to get any free agents who make a huge difference. So mm-hmm. we're talking again about where is Cole Komet in his third year, right? Where is Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum in their second year? What, what, How are we developing players? And then you have to talk about Salazar you have to talk about Jimmy Arthur. You have to talk about their performance department, their nutritionists, right? You have to talk about the people who help you develop these football players because if you look at a football building, the coaches are the skilled developers, right? And, and here's where a lot of things get mixed, mixed up. mixed up. The coaches develop skill, but everyone else in there making pretty damn good money, the strength coaches, the nutritionists, uh, all the other people that they surround the players with. And if you guys have any time in your day, go on ChicagoBears.com and look how many people are hired as a football side of building. The building is loaded with people who basically their job, by definition, is player development. That's what they should be doing there, developing football players, which you guys talked about they haven't done a great job of lately, right? So um, the young players have to – can Cody White here become a Pro Bowl Left guard, not at Lucas Patrick. They got him in that center. Can Lucas Patrick become a dominant center, right? Can Cole Komet become a threat at tight end? Can Mooney become a number one wide receiver? Can David Montgomery dominate the game? What is Justin Fields, right? So Roquan Smith, can he actually become a a perennial all-pro type player, right? Jalen Johnson, shut down cornerback. Eddie Jackson, can we develop him back to what he was? Mm -hmm. So... Um, it's a great point, man. And, and who is doing that work for the Chicago Bears? And then your whole building, 
your when people talk about culture, that's what they talk about. The development of football players. And I hate to keep going back to this guy because I know he's gone already, but that's where a guy like Teron Armstead, who plays at such an extremely high level when he does play. I, I understand his misses games and stuff, but um that's why he doesn't get twenty four million a year. That's why you offer him fifteen. But he can show these guys what elite looks like. Yeah. Because listen, you run with the lame and you gain a limp. Okay? That is a fact. So if you don't have elite football players in your building, no one knows what it looks like. Oh, no one knows what it looks like. So uh, they have to figure out a way to get these players to take the next step. Or I've heard Adam say many times, I've heard Nicholas say many a times, Justin Fields this year will not take another step just because of coaching. He will not. You this play, you got to have players. Yeah. You got to have them. A team that's done that is the Miami Dolphins. They got Armstead. They go and trade for Tyreek Hill. What do you kind of make of what they're doing for a young quarterback in Tua? And obviously – you can't compare it to what they've done in Chicago because there is nothing really to compare it to. But we just make all, all the moves that the, the Dolphins have made so far. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting – I mean, Waddle, Tyreek Hill, uh, those are two very good weapons. Uh, Teron Armstead, uh, they have uh, – Eichenberg is a, a tackle they drafted out of Notre Dame mm-hmm. last year. So uh, they have other guys. They signed the guard from the Cowboys – Connor, Connor Williams. Williams. Uh, so Gusecki they have You're right. Too. They had Gasecki, their tight end. Uh, they have surrounded – Tua with, with a lot of weapons, and they got uh, Mike McDaniel, I think is the coach's name, mm-hmm. uh, down there. I heard Adam say he's, a lot of guys are a fan of his. I'm an old-school football guy. He kind of – we'll see. I, I mean, to me, he's the one – understand, though, it's a little bit of a bit. No, I understand like, that. Like, like yeah. how much I love him. It's yeah. a little bit of a no, bit. No, I understand but, that. But yeah. I just – for me, it's like he's the one question mark I have there. Right? I don't know. I can't figure out what this guy is, right? Like, I, I guess he – He's kind of like me, right? He didn't play the game. No, no, He's well, just trying to figure well, it out. Hey <laughs> – well, Kyle, gonna, you know. Kyle Shanahan now, when you're with Kyle Shanahan, right? Like, it's kind of like the uh, everybody keeps saying the Kyle Shanahan scheme. Um, no matter who his offensive line coach is, they've been able to run the ball when Kyle Shanahan is around. Maybe it's Kyle Shanahan, yeah. right? Maybe it's maybe it's he's that good at what he does. Uh, learned that on Gary Kubek. So, but um, I don't know if I want to go all in like that. My problem is when I watch the NFL now and I say, okay, uh, Russell Wilson comes off the board. Deshaun Watson comes off the board. Tyreek Hill comes off the board. Teron Armstead comes off the board. There's not a lot of guys. Like, that's not going to happen again. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of guys like these guys, mm-hmm. right? Like, Tyreek Hill, even though maybe not as um, polished as Devontae Adams, no one scares you more when he's on the field. Yeah. No one changes the defensive game plan more when he lines up, right? When he lines up out there, and as a center, I look up and I see the safety on that side of the field. I say to myself, well, they can't blitz from here because that safety's got to help on Tyreek Hill. Yep. So then I look the other way. Mm. right? Or you send Tyreek Hill in motion like you see the Chiefs do a lot of. Why do they do that? Because you can see exactly what they're running now right. because they got they to gotta cover Tyreek Hill. Yeah. If you don't cover him, we've seen. I mean, what do you have, five? And so um, <sighs> I worry about it. Like I worry about the Bears. I know – they got to fix their salary cap, and they got to wait a year. And sometimes you hear about Ian Cunningham and how he likes to look at other sports. And I'm wondering if they think they're the Cubs, where they're like, mm-hmm. wait this year, and we'll all go next year. But what the hell is going to be out there next yeah. year? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fair. We, yeah. Um, 
Uh, there's another offensive lineman I want to ask you about here. But first, got to tell you that if you are enjoying the show, enjoying what we're doing, and we appreciate all of you that are here every single day with us on the CHGO Bears podcast, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it, because if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, You'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So it's $2,000 in free bets, free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email PointsBet at allchgo.com. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing now PointsBet's new feature, the live college basketball same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Now online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Plus, during PointsBet Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets during each round. Just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Our next partner has a product I use on a daily basis, including this morning before I went to the gym. Started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to see what the hype was all about. I've been taking my Athletic Greens after my morning workouts and I can feel the difference right away. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. The mixture of greens helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus, and that's why I take my Athletic Greens to help me get through my busy day. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs you less than $3 a day, so you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. So look out for your health to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bears Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. I've been doing this Athletic Greens. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's good. I'm a fan of it. Yeah. yeah. It's easy. Yeah. It does make you feel good. It does. Like later in the day, just for sure. Yeah. Just make sure the bathroom is empty 20 minutes after. There you go. Now you know. It'll, it'll clean you out. There you go. And you feel better for it, though. That's that's the most important part. <laughs> you do. You feel light on your feet. <laughs> um, hey, I apologize for putting you on the spot here, Olin. Do you yes. know anything about Jesse Davis, veteran offensive lineman? He was released by the Dolphins today. It's all right. Oh, no. um, after they signed Tron Armstead, they released him. I'm just yes. curious because he. Bodies, uh, right? Bodies. More bodies. bodies. But bodies, he has experience yeah. playing four different spots. He started 72 games over the last five seasons. Uh, what I always say, though, there's if they're signing a big-name offensive lineman and they're cutting you, mm. there's probably a reason for that. There's, yeah. yeah. But Sorry, I like, this, I like this in the chat here. Olin needs a sponsor. Morton's Salt. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Do they have a sea, Morton's has a sea salt, though, don't they? 
I like Seesaw. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, they got yeah. the little, in the, little <laughs> the grinder. Yeah. They still have that building. I, I know the sign on the Kennedy's uh, still there. The, it's turning into a, a big music venue. It's called the Salt Shed. That's this, awesome. This summer, wow. there's going to be tons of concerts. Look it up. Cool. Good times. Okay. That sounds intriguing. I mean, salt that Morton Salt, like, built, the yeah. sign has been there since, like, I think Correct. I was born. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Been there forever. She's holding the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Who's, yeah. playing, who's playing at the United Center this week? The Bulls. No. no the uh, <laughs> college hoops, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a college basketball. Oh, it's in Iowa 16? State. Which, yeah. yeah. Uh, you big on Iowa State? Iowa. So, uh, yeah. Had to, no. bring it, had to bring it up. I did. Right. The, the Wisconsin Badgers are not playing there. It's true, too. Oof. <laughs> so it's Iowa State, it, but it's not It's not like an interesting game. Providence? Is Iowa State uh, playing Providence? Kansas playing Providence. Okay. Ups, I'd be looking for an upset there, maybe. Providence? Providence is good. Mm-hmm. Providence is good. They're well coached. Love Ed Mooney. Ed Mooney? Wait. What? What's his name? Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. He's a good coach. Mooney. He's a really good coach. Ed Mooney is uh, Darnell's cousin. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Iowa State's playing Miami, who upset Auburn. There you go. There you go. Uh, and there's your college basketball talk for today's show. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. What are we doing next here? A lot of offensive linemen talk. Um, oh, Peter King had Matt Eberflus on his podcast, and um, our, our guy Nick broke the whole thing down. I like this. You had like a big, long Twitter thread on this yesterday. I did. I didn't know. Takeaways. Yeah, and I, I guess it worked out. But uh, Peter King talked to Matt Eberflus on the third floor of the Marriott while they were in Indy for the Combine. And really towards the end of the interview, that's where Peter King kind of asked him about Justin Fields, what he kind of sees, how he's going to be successful. And the first thing, and we've been talking about it, I feel like forever now in this podcast, upgrading the offensive line. Right. But you kind of see the move that the Bears are making and you're wondering, well, are you really doing that at this point? So um, that was one of the first things that he mentioned. But putting the pieces around him that are going to help him be successful. And then another thing that he also mentioned that I thought was Kind of interesting. Again, this was in Indianapolis, so uh, a couple weeks ago. But they said they wanted to add, or Eberflus said he wanted to add a different pace runner. And he says, we have a good runner now, but we're going to add some other pieces in there potentially. I know we've kind of been talking about Montgomery in the scheme. Does he quite fit it? But maybe there's uh, an opportunity for this Bears team to add another type of running back that kind of, again, change of pace kind of guy. It's funny because, I don't mean to cut you off, Nicholas. I'm sorry, but. They have those two guys. I know. Right? That's a, it's a funny comment to me. But but like we talked about, I mean, this coach chef just got here. And this is at the combine, and you're kind of just giving answers, right? Like, mm-hmm. in his mind, it's maybe how would you want your team built? Yeah. And when You know, I'm sure when, e- when Coach Eberflus got the job, I'm sure he's pouring over the defensive film. But Khalil, David Montgomery now, whether you like him in outside zone or not, he is a culture setter. He's a tone setter. He comes downhill. He fights for every freaking yard. Love watching that guy play. And then Cleo Herbert is an outside zone speed guy. So they kind of have the two the, paces you want, right? I, I will. And also, let me just uh, clarify something because they. So this interview was done at the combine. Yeah. So they signed. And they ended up claiming. Uh, Darrington Evans yeah. on March 11th. So I don't know if that's maybe, maybe what he was talking what about. Yeah. Or from the, the, from that's the Titans. The Titans guy. Yeah. So maybe, so maybe that's, that's the, the timing of yep. the conversation there was why that's a little confusing. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. yeah, it seems like the running back room right now is the one, maybe one the one room positive. that's set right now. Yeah. Yeah, but but when you hear them, like, interesting enough for me, when they ask Ryan Pose about players, 
I was expecting to hear Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And he talked about Mooney. Like, we haven't heard them talk, Ryan Pose or anybody talk about Montgomery. Montgomery yet. Yeah. Is who I would, if it was me, that's who I'd be talking about. Like, I think George actually at the end of the year talked about Montgomery and Roquan. Roquan. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, I have not, that doesn't, obviously doesn't mean anything. You know, we just, it's just kind of interesting. I thought that he, he, Singled out Mooney and not Montgomery, and then we've heard about we want different running backs. So it'd be interesting to see what they think. Yeah, maybe putting the pieces together there. Another interesting comment that Eberflus had was about just the 2022 Bears offense, and this is kind of the full quote here. And what's nice about the offense that we're putting in that it's able to flex and move with our skill. So if we acquire the players we want to acquire this year, or we don't. We only get a couple of pieces because you can only acquire so many guys in one year. Then your offense has to be able to mold and move and adjust to what we have. And that's what's great about our scheme. And we were kind of talking about this yesterday, Adam, like what the Bears are doing currently. They got to have, I think, this bigger understanding that you can't address every single hole that you kind of took over from the last regime. And that's what it kind of feels like in this comment that Eberflus made right here is that, yes, whoever we have, this is going to be the offense in 2022, not necessarily what we're going to do maybe the next season on, but you can only do so much with the six draft picks you have and all the holes that you kind of inherited from the last regime. And let me just jump in on that because I feel like I go on rants about this every year. That's (laughs) all I want from an offensive coach is the ability to adapt. You know, the problem is even if you have – the top players and the 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 talent you need to run your preferred scheme. The other teams are catching up. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, whether it's offense or defense, there's a reason why this stuff happens in waves. Because as soon as you debut something new that works with some player that works, those defensive coaches get to work on how to stop you. Okay, and it and it's only the elite of the elite quarterbacks that can kind of play through that that where you can kind of stubbornly run your own stuff and they can't stop it. But then even if you're the Packers, you run into a team like the 49ers that just seem to have your number in the playoffs. So you you have to be able to adapt no matter what kind of talent you have. Uh, And so I, granted, these are just words. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what this is all going to look like. It's going to be a while until we do. But I at least like hearing this because it's different from I didn't come here to run the I formation. Like, it, you know, there's there's not a stubbornness to what we're hearing from Ryan Poles or Matt Eberflus. There's some things that have popped up that are a little confusing, like, hey, what are you really looking for here? But I do like hearing, all right, if we can't get the guys we want, then we're at least going to adapt to what we do have or what we can get and make sure that works because that's totally necessary. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing is when you hear a coach say those things about a guy who's never called plays in the NFL before is what scheme have you put in, right? Like what scheme did he present to you? It's what we don't know, mm-hmm. right? What scheme is that fluid? Because like you said, said, Adam, well, how does a great quarterback, there's so many options on a play. There's an option for cover four, cover three. We're going here if it's cover one. Um, only one play is usually called. Guys like Aaron Rodgers get a package of plays. It's a run or a pass. Sometimes pass, pass. Sometimes run, run. But those guys are reading it on the run, right? And they're putting the ball, whatever the defense gives you, that's what they're giving you. Or if they give you one-on-one with Devontae Adams, that's where you're going, okay? So when you look at the Bears' offense right now, 
if they give you man, you're probably going to Mooney, right? Um, can you stubbornly run the ball with that offensive line, even with Lucas Patrick, even with Bates, even with Dakota Dozier? Uh, if, if you were to say yes, you would, you're telling me that Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum have taken a step. Mm-hmm. And that um, Cole Komet has become a better blocker. And when you say stubbornly run the ball, you're talking about like you're gonna run the ball. even against a heavy box. Yeah, you you're don't gonna really run care. the ball. Yeah, you're Just gonna run. You're gonna run the ball, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know everything has RPO options now, and um, the quarterback can pop it out and throw a quick pass out there. But again, if you're gonna pop it out there, who are you popping it out to? Mm-hmm. Right? They, you know, Tariq Cohn is kind of that guy. I guess it's Mooney again, right? Uh, uh, Daz Newsom. Uh, we haven't seen much receivers yet get signed, so. Um, to our earlier point, the scheme you're putting in is fluid to the players. I guess they're saying that, but no one knows what Getsy's scheme is, right? We're, we're, we're guessing, uh, Adam's guessing he's a little more Moorhead. Some people are guessing he's a little more LaFleur. But what they're telling you is he's going to be one or the other depending on what his players do well, yep. is what Coach Eberflus is trying to say to us, right? Um, now, does Justin Fields, when he walks the line of scrimmage, can you give him two plays like the Rams? The Rams never go to the line of scrimmage with one play, ever. They're like 98% they package plays. Stafford can handle that, right? Can Justin Fields handle that? That's what Luke Getzey doesn't know yet. Mm-hmm. Can he pick out the play that you want and put your offense in a good position? Can he play chess up there with defenses, right? So when they say we don't know what they are, it's because they've never had these guys on the field with live bullets flying at them. Even Lucas Patrick, who's the center, is the other. Um, I like to uh, I like to describe the center of the quarterback like air traffic control at the mm-hmm. at the airport. If the guys aren't there who can do it, all of a sudden airplanes are running into each other. That's what happens on a football field, right? So we saw that with when the Bears told you we're going to move James Daniels from center to guard, and everybody's wondering what the hell are you talking about? Basically, that's what they were saying. He wasn't doing a good job of controlling it, Mm -hmm. which told you right away, which told me right away as a former football player, Mitch couldn't control it for himself, which told me was a problem, right? So now Lucas Patrick comes here. He's a center. He's going to help you control these things. Well, Aaron Rodgers does that in Green Bay. So I don't even know if he can do that. So it's just interesting when you hear, okay, we're fluid, right? We don't don't know what we are yet. I, I I think what he's telling you is they don't know what they are yet. They don't know what scheme they are yet. And they they have all these concepts. Yeah. They have all these things they want to do, but they're going to do what they do best, what Justin Fields does best. And I feel like a big part of that is what you're saying, the quarterback spot. They don't know what Justin can do yet, mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. especially from, like, they know he's talented. They know he has a cannon. They know he can run. But can he do exactly what you're talking about, which is, that's a good analogy with the air traffic control. Can he navigate what's out there pre-snap and do it quickly post snap, which has also been. Uh, I he think did, f- remember last year, um, he got hit in the preseason from that slot blitz. Yes, oh, yeah. remember the that one where it just came free. And I think it was it came in season, and he saw it coming and got the ball out fast. Yep. So he has shown that uh, he will improve from week to week, and that he can take those shots when he has to. But um, he has shown a little bit of that. But like you're saying. With this whole, like, staff they have there, um, everybody really in that building, and if you look at it now because they didn't sign any free agents, even with the rookies coming in, even if you like the draft pick, no one <laughs> – we don't really know. <laughs> but, yeah. We don't know what the hell's in that. Eberflus is the one sure – he's a defensive coordinator. Yeah, we yeah, know that. He's the one <laughs> – 
right? Uh, uh, but but no, I don't know. You know, I don't know what this. I don't know what this offense is. I mean, everybody is young. Janoko is their um, quarterback coach, right? Uh, who's gonna Who's there to help Getsy? Did I, I don't think did they hire an offensive senior advisor? Um, no, but. No. Um, let me double check that. But I know one thing they did is Tyke Tolbert, the wide receivers coach, oh, is yeah. passing game coordinator. He's like, a good football coach, from what I hear. I think he uh, might people actually, rave about Tyke Tolbert. I think he might actually be at Cincinnati's pro day today too. Oh, Alec Pierce. Okay. Um, Alec Pierce. So, <laughs> but one of the things I want to bring up too is one area I think the coaches are working at a disadvantage from in their evaluation of Justin Fields is like I like to compare this to the Chargers changing their coaching staff last year um, after Justin Herbert's rookie year. You had a pretty good idea what Justin Herbert was. You know, despite the Chargers' struggles, despite the fact they still felt like they needed to change their coaching staff, Herbert put a lot on film in his rookie year that you knew you could pretty much count on, and then he took it to another level with the new staff last year. I, I Again, I blame zero of this on Justin Fields. I just think the position that he was consistently put in last year has left this uncertainty that isn't really his fault. No. Like, they just sort of wasted too much of his rookie year, and so you're probably trying to grasp examples like you just brought up Olin which is one I agree with like hey look here's an example of something you screwed up in the preseason mm -hmm. he figured out in the regular season and I do think that there was that point in the middle of the year where you saw him okay here's a bad game okay here's a good game against the 49ers oh here's an even better game against the Steelers mm -hmm. and then it all went downhill because a bunch of nonsense happened that wasn't really his fault <laughs> and, but. and he came out right I think it was against the Ravens and um Wink Martindale, and I was interested in that game because Wink is excellent, who I think yep. the Ravens actually moved on from, and I forget where he, he ended up. He went to the Giants, I believe. Yeah, and I, I, I'm a huge fan of when I watch Wink Martindale's film, but um, they were shutting him down in that half. Remember, he came out against the Ravens, and we were expecting that next step for the Steelers, and that's what, like you talked about, Adam, earlier. When you're in offense, they take it away from you. That's what good coaches do. Mm -hmm. They make you do what you don't want to do. And Don Wing Martindale in that game was doing that to Justin Fields, taking away what he liked to do. They were keeping him in the pocket. Yep. Uh, they, they were running zones and man and hiding coverages from him and uh, tough things for, for a quarterback to handle, a young quarterback. So I wanted to see him that game. Then he got injured. I think they went back to Dalton. And like you're saying, it was just the situation was just weird the whole year. But um, there's things when you watch, you immediately think about the outside zone system. There were times last year when they faked the outside zone and Justin Fields booted out and he ran. I mean, when he's on the run, when he's outside the pocket. I mean, how many times would you watch the game? And I'm sure Getsy is thinking it himself. Like, run a screen. Get him outside the pocket. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, run something that gets him moving around. Yeah. And they just kept him in that. So that is what you're expecting to see from them early on. Make the game easy on a young quarterback. The problem is, if, the, if these guys don't take a step, there's no one else out there now. I mean, you, you could get a good – don't get me wrong. You could hit in the second round. You could hit anywhere in the draft, really, on a receiver or, or a lineman or a running back or something. But, man, there's no sure – no one changes the game for Justin Fields. No one lines up and says, man, that's Tyreek Hill out there. You know, I know it's $30 million a year, but, man, Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. I mean, you put him on the field, changes your whole everything. offense changes. Yeah. Right? Teron Armstead. But – 
oppose them and going to try to find their own, and, and, I, and I credit them for that. I mean, that's not easy to do. Uh, but, but like we talked about a lot on this podcast, gosh, you're taking a chance with a young quarterback and a young offense coordinator, right? Like, like uh, Getsy, we're still trying to figure out if he's, if he's ever called plays anywhere. No one knows. Right, Chris Morgan was assistant online coach in Pittsburgh last year. My immediate question is, why did you go from the Falcons run game coordinator to an assistant? Mm. Why couldn't you get a job? That's my immediate. That's my immediate question. Like, uh, um, you know, Janoko, he's all of a sudden a quarterback coach, you know, under Clint Kubiak, and most, but he did mostly O line work. Like, we don't know much about this staff. We don't know much about them. Who's going to help them adjust at halftime? All questions that need to be answered there, Olin. But before we continue this conversation, I have to tell you about PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, do you ever feel anxious or jittery after drinking coffee? Do you have trouble staying focused during the day or have trouble falling asleep at night? Are aches and pains holding you back from enjoying your day to the fullest? Strava Coffee Fortified with broad-spectrum hemp-derived CBD has already helped thousands of people to improve their overall quality of life by simply enjoying a delicious cup of Strava Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a premium CBD infused coffee infused coffee that is exclusively sourced and roasted from premium specialty grade coffee beans. The infusion of CBD adds so many benefits like help with chronic headaches, joint pain, IBS, so much more, and no coffee jitters. If you want to have three or four cups a day, like my wife, I tell her that's too much, (laughs) but if you want to go that route, you know, the coffee jitters, you don't have to deal with them. Uh, you'll feel less anxious throughout your day. You live your day with fewer aches and pains. That's always good. Feel alert and focused without that jittery feeling. Hey, relax, de-stress after a long day, and you can enjoy a more restful sleep. Strava also offers CBD-infused decaf coffee, which is a perfect way to relax in the evening, and a nighttime full-spectrum CBD, which helps uh, promote more restful, re- rejuvenating sleep. So, if that's more down your alley, you could take advantage of that. So subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. Customized subscriptions mean that you never have to buy coffee in the store again. It'll just show up on your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks. Whichever one you prefer, you get to pick. Plus, you receive up to 30% off your CBD-infused coffee every time. Strava also offers CBD-infused decaf coffee. And uh, the best part is that Strava roasts fresh and ships straight to your door. CHGO listeners, this is the part you need to pay attention to. You can save 25% off your entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. Use that code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only. One use per customer. All right. Last thing real quick I wanted to touch on, though, from that interview uh, that you were talking about uh, was something we had sort of already gotten wind of, but Matt Eberflus is taking 
the initiative to reach out to a bunch of Bears alumni. Okay, mm-hmm. so you had this in your tweet. This is, again, from Peter King's interview with Matt Eberflus, uh, Dick Buckkiss, Julius Peppers, Brian Erlacher, Lance Briggs, and Charles Tillman, who is expected to attend a spring practice uh, and help teach the peanut punch. And uh, I had a conversation with Jimbo Covert at the Super Bowl where he also told me that, yeah, Eberflus sent him a text right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there seems to be a name missing there. I'm trying to figure it out. It's not coming to my brain, but it just seems First like. First of all, <laughs> you get to hang out with Jimbo. Jimbo's the best. He's awesome, man. He is Isn't such. He awesome? First of all, he's such yeah, a. I've Jimbo never. Man. Oh, he's no. awesome. Man. He's a great he's guy. He's a gentleman, man. And you, you could just tell, like, in a sense of like, you don't mess with him, though. Like he just like he gives you that vibe. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he mm-hmm. can't be any nicer. And the whole time you're thinking, like, I don't want to rub this guy the wrong <laughs> way. Like he's just a good man. Um, as far as Peanut Tillman goes, Peanut. Came to my gym and taught one of my sons the peanut punch. Mm. Amazing. Ama- I mean, um, the amount of knowledge that they'll get there. Uh, as far as the text goes, um, Eberflus, we were, get- we were all calling each other like, you think this is real? Like, no one could figure out if it's real or not. He, did, <laughs> he has sent, I did get a text from uh, Coach Eberflus okay. um, about, uh, you know, just great to see, right? It, it was cool. A cool text, you know what I mean? But, um, I think George said, like, if you're in the media, we don't want to put each other in bad situations. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever George says half the time, who knows. But uh, he did send me a text. Um, I did not send a text back, but uh, that was pretty cool for him to reach out. And just, you know, just I'm the new coach of the Bears and uh, looking forward to, to running into you guys and, and that kind of stuff. So um, he did. But, you know, George said that if you're in the media, you shouldn't be talking to each other because it puts everybody in bad situations. So. Yeah, that's what he. That's what he said. I, so. For but, those that miss that, no, because. But, but let's say let let's let like George. I'm gonna break some news to you. Everybody in that building talks to us. <laughs> 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 Maybe you don't know that, but everybody in the building talks to everybody. But also, what he was really trying to say is that he doesn't trust you. Right. Like right. He was saying, "I'm trying not to put them in a tough position where they don't know what to right. say." Right. Uh, I really little does he know. Like we get all kinds of information that we don't let out. But that's okay. No, that's <laughs> but Coach Eberflus has reached out, and that's, from what I hear about him, he is that kind of guy, yeah, football mm-hmm. guy. Uh, I'm not shocked. Uh, he, Rod Marinelli is his mentor. I'm a big fan of Rod Marinelli's. Uh, I'm not shocked he does things the right way. I'm not shocked he's learned on the Rod. He's going to reach out to former players, uh, get them involved, and and like football guys, they love football guys. So. I'm not shocked to get attached they from Coach Eberflus. They definitely hired a football guy. Yeah. And a lot of fans, like when they saw that tweet, they're, they're super excited to see that, hey, Matt Eberflus is going out and reaching out to these Bears alumni. So fans are excited. I hope I didn't get him fired <laughs> by saying he did text me. <laughs> Breaking news. He's already gotten, he's already gotten a text. I said, I text back. I said, I'm taking this. I don't know if this is you. I'm going to take this with a grain of salt. Oh. <laughs> oh. Coach Flues, uh, we need you to come into George's office. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, reach right. out to Olin again, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's fire through some super chats here before we got here in a couple minutes, uh, and there are a few that we need to address. Uh, this is from Alan Watson. Saw a guy from your days in Allstott still look like a beast. Last great fullback. Ooh, Mike Allstott. Yeah. You guys remember the name? Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. Don't stand in front of Mike Allstott, man. Mount Carmel? That, that right? guy was something. Yes, he was. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. He's a local uh-huh. guy. 
Really good. Really good. Yeah, Mike Allstott, absolute legend. Uh, Would you, this is from Austin, would you trade Montgomery for a second or third round pick if he wants $10 million per year? You get a second for David Montgomery. Now, like, where did he get the where do you get the number ten million from? Is that what running backs are making? <sighs> I mean, I mean, I'm sure. Um, I'd have to probably look up Aaron Jones's contract. I, you know, to answer that question, I'm guessing you'd have to see him in this offense first, wouldn't you? You'd have to see him perform. I I think Montgomery with where the salary caps are going, I'd have no problem paying that guy ten million dollars a year. I I, I just like him. For culture, I think he's the kind of guy you win football games with. So ten million, just looking at the contracts right now, Joe Mixon's making average yearly salary twelve million, and then Melvin Gordon's at eight million. Aaron Jones was four years, forty-eight million dollars. Joe Joe Mixon with that offensive line they put together there. Oh that's man, be they an interesting offense. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be an offense down there in Cincinnati. Um. If I get a second-round pick and I have concerns about where he fits in my scheme, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. we don't know that that's how the Bears feel. Gosh, so I just, I just, I just love him as a culture guy. You know, I just, I, love him. Awesome. I, just I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah I just. Yeah. Uh, all right, Casey says, Olin, when it comes to scouting offensive linemen in this draft, what are some qualities you're looking for specifically to maximize Justin Fields' potential? We talked about earlier. I, I think with every position group, it's like a basketball team, right? And, and I'm looking for. Different kind of guys. Obviously, I want a lockdown left tackle, so I need a left tackle. But uh, And then you want somebody they're telling us that Lucas Patrick is, a glue guy who likes to fight. But Tevin Jenkins, I, I feel like I have that kind of guy when I watch Tevin Jenkins' film from last year. A guy who will protect my quarterback and get after people on the field. Um, so then I'm looking for some athletic to get to the second level. So I'm trying to mix and match there, right? Mm-hmm. So if I have a smaller center, if this makes sense to you guys, I'm looking for two bigger guards. Makes if I have sense, a smaller yeah. guard, I'm looking for a bigger center. If I have a big, if I want to really run a gap power scheme, I want a big side of my line and a, and a, and a pass block. It, I hope that makes sense, but I'm looking for a lot of things mm-hmm. when I'm scouting offensive linemen, right? If, I'm looking for what I don't have. Gotcha. What, I guess yeah. what I'm saying. Yep. Well, and they uh, they don't have don't a lot have a right lot. now. So they got to <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> that seems to be a theme with the offensive line in Chicago. Yeah. We'll take uh, one more here from Matthew, and then we'll get out of here. Do you think they are signing guys based on mentality, like nastiness, than, rather than skill or scheme? I mean, I hope they're looking at all of that. Yeah. Right. Well, okay, so the easy answer to that question is, in the beginning, the two guys they wanted, Brian Allen and Ogan Joby, were sk- was skill and scheme. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They wanted Ogan Joby at three technique. That's who they wanted to introduce on the first day. They wanted to introduce Brian Allen and Larry Ogunjobi. I, I mean, I, I don't think we should forget that. Those are the two guys they want. Now they ended up introducing Justin Jones and Lucas Patrick. So now, where we are now, you're going a little bit more for mentality and culture because the, the talented guys are not there. Mm-hmm. And personally, I find that a little concerning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think you could have had – I mean, the Ogunjobi thing turned out to be – Physical. Well, anybody who doesn't have questions about what's going on there because there's not a lot of answers is is lying to you, right? Like, yeah. oh yeah, there's a lot. Like, there's a lot there that is unknown. Like, we don't know what Getsy is. We don't know what Lucas Patrick is as a full time star. No one knows. Even if they get Bates from Buffalo, he has four starts. You can't tell me you know what he is, right? No one knows if like, sure Mooney has the speed. Could he take another step? Yes, but. 
Is he like, number one? This, do we know that? Cole Komet. Like, we talked about this earlier, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't blame you, Adam. And I don't blame you guys for being like, gosh, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, also, correction. that. Um, yeah, sorry about I, that. I knew it sounded yeah. wrong when you said Mount Carmel. Mike yeah. Allstead played at Joliet Catholic. That's my bad. So we Thanks to re- Chuck Reed Mike and Mike Allstead e. wants to fight trap. somebody now, man. <laughs> I, well, That's not me, Mike. Not Don't come that. for me, Mike. I didn't say anything. I'm too old. I'm too old to rumble. <laughs> and Tom Thayer... Definitely. Well, Tom Thayer is definitely not Tom watching. Thayer, the real Tom, 57. Tom, the real 57. Tom Thayer would be really mad that we messed that up because <laughs> nobody loves Jolie Catholic more than that guy. Uh, Jolie Catholic had a good running back this year. Oh, yeah. yeah I, think he, I think he's going to Illinois. Oh, yeah, I think we got him that scholarship. <laughs> Did you, did you, Ignatius? Oh, Carmel. Carmel, I got you. I think. Oh, it, oh, did you get? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. He came, I'm he sorry. Came, uh, the spring season, he came up and uh, Joliet Catholic played at Carmel, and uh, I, think, I heard this kid's a monster. I, I think Bielema was on the phone with him Monday after I heard he, that I game. Heard he's, I heard. He, I heard he is a monster. I, I, I think he's done that to more than one team. Oh, though, he's really he? good. Now, didn't he go crazy in the championship game too? Yeah. Like before, well, oh yeah, he had like six touchdowns six, yeah. in that game. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. it made me feel a little bit better. Uh, we we, we got to get out of here. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at chgo underscore sports, uh, at chgo underscore bears. And hey, uh, stick around because we got the chgo sports podcast coming up oh, actually yeah. uh, in less than uh, about 27 Kevin's minutes. The man. And I will be on there with Kevin Kadick, and we have a whole panel. You see his sweater. He has a sweet, oh, yeah. oh, sweet, oh, sweet to giving it away already. Sweater. Yeah. That's just a tease. That's all it is. <laughs> all right, for Olin Crew, it's Nicholas Moriano. I'm Adam Hogue. We're back again tomorrow, 11 a.m. We'll talk to you then.